you know, when you start out a business, you have some numbers in your head, you have some goals in mind. And then when you hit them, you're sitting around going, oh, I, I thought I was reaching for the for the stars. And now I got staff that once, you know, reach for the uh, unknown universes. Hello and welcome to the Helping Organizations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders and business owners with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. As a consultancy, we're here to help SMEs build resilient, high-performing teams and businesses quickly so they can innovate, deliver and thrive. If you would like to build a resilient team and business that creates, innovates, and delivers, then do get in touch at julianrobertsconsulting.com. Welcome to Helping Organizations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of Van Carlson on the show. Uh, welcome to you, Van. Yeah, thanks for giving me the opportunity to get on your show. Looking forward to our discussion. Yeah, it's good to see you. Uh, I was going to tell... Uh, people about you. Uh, you are the founder and CEO of Strategic Risk Alternatives and have over 25 years uh, of experience within the risk management industry. Uh, and your business helps manage risk more effectively with tax deferred dollars. So I'm talking to an American. Uh, that's why we're talking dollars here. Um, we will be exploring uh, later on how a risk management approach can enable companies to thrive and tap into your many years of experience of working with organizations. But before we go there, I would just like to uh, understand what you love about what you do, Van. You know, what I what I love most is really the, the audience you work with, right? That's small to middle market business owners, uh, bringing strategies that large companies utilize and, um, you know, bringing that knowledge education to those risk takers uh, that have ran those smaller businesses. Um, and that's what I like most. So it's just, it's an educational process. It's educating the business owners um, and bringing more better solutions to the risk takers out that we have, not only in this country, but all around the world. Um, that risk is real. And how do you mitigate that is an important aspect um, of the survival of your business. And uh, that's what I love about it. And and I love working with that group of of entrepreneurs and risk takers mostly um i'm always um, curious in how people do things or how they make a living and and i'm always amazed by it and uh, at the same time they bring unique risk to their business that maybe they're not aware of um you know as, as big companies go obviously they have risk managers on staff and they have a fleet of attorneys normally most of the clients that we work with they try to avoid those people, unfortunately, because, you know, they get billed by the hour. So, um, <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's been a benefit. That's been a great uh, elevating of our professionalism and risk management. And it's, it's been a great experience. Um, very fortunate to be in this space, actually. So. Excellent. Well, obviously you talk with passion, you talk with uh, experience and uh, expertise there. And obviously any business, you know, to grow and to move forward, there's always a there's always a risk to that, to a growth plan. And, you know, certainly entrepreneurs are probably more 
bent on and been a bit more risky because uh, they've set out on their own uh, and whether that they've gone from a, a solopreneur to uh, owning a huge company uh, they've made that risk um, I, I'd like to get an understanding from your perspective of, of what what you deem as risk management uh, and what do you think of risk takers in in business well I'll, I'll address your last, last part I don't think we have enough risk takers Right. Uh, and, and at the end of the world, at the end of the day, it's a risk reward calculation. Right. I mean, like the longer you do anything, you start to realize uh, everything you look at is a math problem um, and how you um, calculate that math is, is is critical. And one of the calculations you have to go into is risk management is how do you if I can mitigate it, that increases it, 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 and it doesn't necessarily take away from the reward. Right. You can have it's like in any investment. Right. The, the less risk I take, the more reward I'm going to have. Right. And and the more more risk I take, the greater reward I have. Right. I mean, it's just and it's true in any investments. And, and you know, I look at business in general as, as an investment. Uh, I hope, it, you know, um, I never look at an expense, even though we, we book things in our businesses as an expense. You know, an expense is really an investment into your business. Right. Uh, you need a rate of return. You need an ROI. You need all these things calculated, and you need to measure those things. We need to also measure the risk. And if I can mitigate it, um, I'll take the risk more. And so that's one thing. So when the risk takers that are out there, um, bringing this education knowledge to them that they can mitigate it somehow through tools that are available to them. And there's a lot of merging risk out there, right? I mean, I mean, we're seeing it today, probably more so than ever in our in our lifetime in my professional life between uh, the COVID-19 issues being shut, forced to shut down your businesses to supply chain risk. And then not only on, the, on top of all that, you had brand brand protection today's because of the way we're, you know, t- plugged into all this information and social media outlets. You know, it takes years to build a good brand, but it takes seconds to destroy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of all that, the cyber risk that we all take on with our businesses from small to, to major enterprises is, is pretty vast. And so um, traditional insurance companies have always done a really good job with, with the hard, we call it the tangible assets of the business. It's the intangible assets we want to look at. And most business owners value the intangible assets more so than the tangible. And what I mean by tangibles, buildings, hard assets, right? Mm-hmm. Where contracts, intellectual property, supply chain risk, or supply chains that I have, contracts, um and and relationships and is more more important to the business owners typically so um that's really the biggest thing when it comes down to is is when it looking at risk at a much broader scheme Hmm. than just what you're used to and i I think too it's important to note that um you know i'm i'm a risk taker um even though maybe goes against um risk managers natures typically when i deal with cpas and other risk managers they're conservative by nature um, but I will tell you. I was going to, I was going to say, your profession <laughs> is probably more of a more risk averse. I guess is it is that typical, or am I just being stereotyping you? No, I, I think I think it's more typical. You know, um, you know, I think it's uh, you know I do consider myself more of an entrepreneur only because I, I started a company conceptually that didn't exist. Um, you know, meaning that you know we do take uh, advantage of some specific tax codes in the U.S. that 
warrants the risk management and gives you much more and better position for for business owners uh, and take advantage of a, a little known tax code called A31B. But that's here in the U.S. Um, and then, but you know, we obviously won't talk about that too much. But just know that there's a lot of tools out there that bring this into play. But it also spins up my entrepreneurial uh, ways, right? Uh, I used to run a property casualty agency, pretty successful here in the states. Um, but it was this cookie cutting stuff, right? I mean, it was off the shelf general liability policies, product liability, re, you know, all the stuff that goes into that. But then when when the 08 hit. Here in the U.S., uh, it was devastating to a lot of our small to middle market business owners. Mm. I figured there had to be a better way than, and it really starts to recognize the financial risk business owners take. And and God knows there's there's plenty of that. And sometimes it doesn't come to light until it happens. And I think COVID nineteen obviously showed itself to say that you know I'm not I am self insuring a lot of risk. How do I make that more effectively, more manageable? And and really from my standpoint, when you have these adversities show up. And you survive it, you do become a better business owner on the back end of things. You become mm-hmm. more efficient, you become more streamlined, you 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 get try to get out of your box, you know, you start to realize boxes are dangerous to get yourself in a box. Um, and and I so I think you know, like you know, listening to uh, shows like yours, for example, all those things business owners have to stop constantly staying at, engaged with. Um, and and um, a lot of people don't, a lot of people just get into the blinder situation and and Unfortunately, they get blindsided. But, um, you know, so that, that's really where I think um, the risk management comes into business owners is um, just letting them aware of what, what's going on out there and what's the possibilities. You know, back in the day, I used to, I mean, I was, I would be sitting with clients and, and I jokingly said this, but it's true. I could pretty much talk about anything because I was always, you know, what will go wrong? What could go wrong? You know, it, 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 in my industry, in risk management, you know, we've been we've been with the fires, we've been with you know people that have killed people in auto accidents and and unexpected death and and destruction and all those unfortunate things that come up. And you know, I've I've been involved in situations where I was the first one they called. I, they didn't even call their family members. You know, uh, you know, dire dire situations. Uh, things do happen, and how do you survive those on the back end? is not only uh, from your business standpoint, but from, from a personal standpoint. And so I can't emphasize enough risk is, is real. You know, business entre- entrepreneurs, business, business risk takers and so forth. You know, there's two things that you have to have in my mind to be a successful business owner. One is you have to be willing to take risk and you have to have a short term memory. Right. I mean, I, I jokingly say this all the time, but, you know, if you remembered all the trials and tribulations you to get to this point, You'd probably sit back and go, man, uh, I think I would have been better off just having a mail route and delivering mail. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, why take all this risk? But, you know, now that you're here, you can appreciate But it, you, you forget all those things. Right. I mean, you do. I mean, you couldn't get up every day and think about all the fires you got to put out or all the fires you put out a year ago. And you build on those experiences, luckily, and, the, and running a business becomes easy, easier for you on a time basis. Mm-hmm. Only because you experienced those things in the past. So, but you got to go through the grind to get there and get that, you know, education. We call it. You can, you know, you have a junior college education or a Harvard education. Um, meaning, uh, what what are those decisions or lack of decisions you made um, cost you? 
And, and that's really where, you know, unfortunately, education can be expensive. But uh, that's why we're trying to here to mi- help mitigate some of that education, bring our experience to business owners and say, hey, this is stuff you're self-insuring risk for. How do you make that more effectively and more efficiently mm-hmm. in your business and recognize it, really truthfully recognize it first off? You mentioned about you don't think there's enough people taking risks out there. Uh, it's great to hear that from you, and I obviously appreciate you. You're all, you, you took a risk yourself. You set up your own business, and uh, you're walking the talk, so to speak. Uh, businesses out there right now, and whether they are owner managed or you know, slightly bigger than that in terms of more of a corporate size, how would you help them get to a place where they start taking more risks? Because we know that you know there is a risk and reward sort of equation. The more risks you take, obviously in the right places there's usually bigger rewards. Um, so what would the sort of things we need to think about to enable that to happen? And I say, I say that in a safe way, managed way, that, that's almost feels against anyway, in a way that's uh, more appropriate to building business from your perspective, from from your interactions with businesses and how you've built your own business as well. You know, I think it gets back to the calculated risk, right? Um, I think the calculated risk is, you, you know, the more, you know, you can't do the paralysis by analysis, obviously. At some point, you just got to jump off, right? But I think the more variables you can put into that calculation, that math problem I was talking about earlier, the more better educated, the better, you, the better, uh, you know, the, the unforeseens, the more you can identify those. Hmm. Um, does those decisions give you the ability to take that risk more effectively? Because now you've you you've you ran through all the scenarios the best you can by having outside people, you know, obviously anytime you jump off on something, you know, the better, the better team, the better people around you, the more consulting you can have. The the equation becomes more calculated to the point where um the risk is worth taking. And and to me, that's really what I would tell all business owners or anybody, any startups or any entrepreneur minded, you know, again, they have to, they, every day they got to get up and, and, and charge the mountain, right? They can't look back. They got to get up to the top and, as fast as they can. That's just their mentality. Um, and God bless them for it. Right. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, and, and I, that's probably the, one of the challenges we have sometimes um, it's not kicking people in the butt. Sometimes it's the fact that they just blindly, jump off right um and and again i i i you know uh I, we need more of that but again i, I think it's you know to calculate the risk take the risk more effectively more more seriously and really start to and what happens is for us is a lot of clients that you know like right now we got an issue right now with receivables right a lot of clients are worried about receivables they have because there's been a lag in supply chain that what's happening now is, you know, if they're going to get their stuff six months from now, are the consumers going to want it, right? Um, a good example, I think, was um, Christmas decorations here in the States. You know, it didn't hit the mark. It didn't hit the, the, the you know, still stuck in containers offshore. And a lot of Christmas, well, you know, are you going to hold that over for this year if you're a retailer to, to bring it into your, your, your supply chain of your stores? By, or do you fire sell it and get rid of it today? Um, those are all things that that are new to a lot of business owners, but I think it, it also brings up the issue with supply chain today and how do you manage that and do I have a plan in place 
when these things happen? Do I have to divert to other suppliers? What does that look like? Hmm. And this, so this, this challenges you. Um, but once you have all those things in line, it, it definitely gives you more confidence to take on more risk. Truthfully. And we've just been obviously talking about the, the business owner taking the risk and, and that's, that's great. And they can have a plan. They look at mitigations um, how how can they create a culture of risk taking in their organization? Because that that becomes, I think, a, a bigger challenge is to take it from the owner who then cascades it down to whether that's five, ten, or hundred people in their business. How can we create that sort of culture that will foster and uh, an environment where people are willing to to really take a risk and really take a jump off, calculated, you know, that th- looked in the into the detail? Because in some ways. If everything's down to the owner or the CEO, then it's sort of it's a bit of a bottleneck, really, isn't it? It almost sort of holds everything up. It's down to the CEO just doing all the risk taking and all the driving forward. So, in your experience, I mean, you might in your own business, uh, how have you done that in terms of creating that sort of culture of, of risk taking? You know, it's interesting on that because I think um, that's probably, and you point out a very probably one of the biggest challenges any anybody has, especially if you get to a certain period of, you know, we'll call it a plateau and, and you still, you still want to charge that mountain, but you're on a plateau, right? You've, you, you know, how do you, how do you become, uh, um, you know, you get, you're the one that's keeping the vision going, but how do you have other people buy into that vision? And part of that buying into that vision is absolutely taking on more risk. Um, you know, one of the things that I do, and, and this is not something I set out mindful I just, I just assumed that if I, you know, I always put, always put myself in position of other with staff I hire. And I, I've got a great dynamic team. I'm very lucky. Uh, they're very young uh, relative to what our, um, what we see on the world today. Um, and, you know, I'm fortunate that they're money motivated and I absolutely um, have to give them more reward for the risk they're going to take. Um, and so I think it comes into forms of uh, how do you build your matrix for bonus structures and everything else to where they want to take that risk, you know. And and I think culturally speaking, um, I, I've been lucky. You know, it's it's crazy to think. You know, when I first started this, I tell people all the time we're we're a 14 year overnight success story. Um, but you know, like I was saying earlier, there's been a lot of grind getting to this point. You've got long nights in in, in America, then. What? <laughs> you have long nights, fourteen nights. 14 oh yeah, nights. yeah. Trust me. In fact, yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah. It's it's been one of those things where, um, you know, when you look back, it, it flew right. But you know, a lot of the things that we learned along the way, and somehow we developed that culture in our staffing where, you know they now buy into the vision more than I have. I meaning, you know, when you start out a business, you have some numbers in your head, you have some goals in mind. And then when you hit them, you're sitting around going, Oh, I, I thought I was reaching for the, for the stars. And now I got staff that once, you know, reach for the uh, unknown universes, you know, where it's been exciting. You know, I, I'm, I've, uh, you know, we're sitting in staff meetings and, you know, I hear where they want to go and how many clients they want to, you know, put on the books and how much what we're capable of doing on a scalable basis and all those things. And so some of that has to do with me being extremely open with my staff, not mm. pulling anything back um, and and engaging them on, on all sorts of different levels, not just 
um, looking at the the bottom lines. You know, of, again, anytime you put in a, a, an expense on the re- on your on your on your uh, sheets for your business, it better be an investment. And we've invested very well into our, our staffing. We've got good technology, and and I've been fortunate. But when it comes to biting off on your team, but wanting to take on more risk. I think it's got to be reward for them too. And if you don't have that culture, if you don't believe in that, I, I do think you're going to have uh, either hot, huge turnaround or a turnover on staffing and uh, it, it won't, um, you know, it, today, in today's world, man, it's, it's different for us here in the U S right. I mean, my dad used to be the guy that worked 70 hours a week and, and he ran ex- his own convenience store. And maybe he had two people working for him and it would be mostly to go to church and watch, watch us play football on Friday nights. Other than that, he was down at the store every day working, you know, um, nobody wants to work like that anymore. And I don't blame him, but you know, so there's a, there's all sorts of things you got to bring into your culture, your business today, benefits, um, time off, um, the ability to, you know, not macro micromanage anybody, but he give them a task. And if you get the task done, Go home. There's no reason to be here to be here, you know. So there's all of that that needs to come into play as well. Mm. Um, and it's not easy to do because you know sometimes it's beating your head that you know work harder, you know, is better. Well, you know, I'd rather work smarter. And I think the people you need to hire need to have that same kind of philosophy and belief as well. And and I've been lucky in that regard. Mm. It's good to hear that you are open with your your team that has enabled them to, you know, not just shoot for the stars and moon, but they're shooting for other universes, uh, which, I mean, going beyond perhaps your expectations and uh, which is brilliant. Now, when they do that, and and I'm sure it's happened, and they make a mistake and they fail, how have you dealt with that? How have you dealt with that with that individual uh, and as a team and as a business as well? Learning experience. I mean, unfortunately, it's just the way we're all wired, right? We don't learn much from wins. We always learn things. You know, it's when you – and, you know, winning has always been – and I always lived what Michael Jordan always said about it. And it's so true to me about winning. But any time in my life, it's been more of a relief than um, a reward. The, I don't know if that makes sense for people. But, you know, the you expect to win. Yeah, I expect to win. I mean, I'm not going to what, – what, why the hell play the game if you don't expect to win? Um, and so from my standpoint, but when you lose, you, 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 again, you, you, you do learn a lot more. And I think, I think, you know, we see it with our sales, sales teams where we bring somebody in. This is a, this is a concept. It's an experience. It's a learning curve and the learning curve can be steep. And, you know, part of that learning is failing. And, you know, the biggest adage I always, you know, I'm growing up in uh, my high school years, I had a teacher that always said, you know, learn by doing you know, and, mm. and, and that's true. I mean, I, you can't, some of this stuff is not driven by manual or, you know, not driven by if X happens, do Y. I mean, that, that doesn't happen a lot of times, especially in mm. the, we're, the dynamic world that we're in today. Um, you know, until it's like raising a kid, there is no perfect way. Right. Um, but you just got to go do it and do the best you can. And, and here's the biggest guiding thing. I think I tell anybody is, if you could do the right thing, just do the right thing. Life's a hell of a lot simpler. And it's doing the right thing for your client. At the end of the day, your client's got to be the one to win here. Uh-huh. And if you don't put your client in a position to win, um, 
then you're going to lose too. And that's really where I, I think that's got to be the driver. Uh, believe me, we've we've turned clients that hey, this isn't going to work. And, and when we're out presenting, and you know, it's another tool in the tool chest, guys. Is all this is for the right client, it's a great tool. Um, but you know, not all tools fit the same situation. Obviously, no. you know, people don't only have one wrench in their toolbox, right? So um, that's really the the emphasis I would tell my team is, um, and you know, make mistakes, talk about them, bring them light to other people. And, and the biggest advantage is I've had over the 20 some odd years being in risk management is really learning from other business owners, uh, either missteps or, or things, decisions they made that I was able to learn from. And, mm. and again, it's been I've been very fortunate in that regard. And I've been open to that. And I think that's another thing to business owners, entrepreneurs have to be available to is mm. are they open to learning from other people's mistakes and observing those things? So you don't step in the same potential landmines as uh, as your peers or other people that you've. So I think it's always important to have people around you, influencers, and and listening again. It mm-hmm. feels like yourself is. I think it's huge for businesses, and and unfortunately, a lot of us don't do it enough. No, and it's interesting because I think when we're we're pushing the boundaries, whether that's innovation or driving our business, there's, there's a risk in all of that. Um, if you are genuinely pushing the boundaries, you will make mistakes. You know, you won't get it right first time, that technology, that way of working. And you're right. I think that's that's good that you have that sense of um, use it as an opportunity to learn. You know, if we've we've failed or it's not quite, I mean, I I tend to use the word, it's feedback. We just haven't got there quite yet. And um, was it Thomas Edison said, you know, I I tried a thousand times and then he he created the light bulb and stuff. Um, And so, it's using it as a learning experience and and if people know that that it's okay to fail in a culture and in an environment then people will push the boundaries uh, and we'll shoot for the stars moons and everything else uh, so that's really important just going a bit more back to risk management it is there a do people think it's, it's all is it all about money or is it is it bigger than just money it, it feels like risk is all about money you know um no i would say it's not and and I would say it's more. I mean, if you're if you're developing a culture, and I say this in, in front of business owners all the time, as a business owner, entrepreneur, we we're, we rise, you know, on the other side, we're successful, things are going well, and you built a good cohesive team. Not only do you owe it to your business on the bottom lines, and everything else, but you owe it to your team. You know what happens if you didn't analyze it fully on the risk management side, and you went blindly down the road. You know, who else are you putting at risk now, uh, you know, not only career wise, financially and everything else. Um, I mean, they all everybody in your team has hopes and dreams as well, personally. Right. And part of the part of the reason why they're there is that they're hoping through finances that they, you help them get in there. And so to me, you know, always always tell clients all the time, um, you know, you owe it to your business. You owe it to the risk you took, you know, honor the, you know, respect the risk you took to get here. Um, and now also, you know, you owe it to your employees as well. And so, you know, I think, you know, if you build that team, you have that family, I, I, I hate to say family because, but it is, it, it, I mean, I guess for better lack of work, that's really what it becomes, right? They're no, they're just as important people in your life as, as your own, as your own, um, kids in a lot of ways or your siblings or anybody else around you that you care for them and you want to make sure that 
things work out for them as well. And and so for, for me, it's, uh, you know, the thing is, too, I think that the, the entrepreneurs, the business owners, they get to a certain point in their life. And, and fortunately, I'm there is I, I get more reward out of um, to your point. You know, money's money. Great. All that. But I would also argue that um, making money was never been. I hate to sound, it kind of sounds arrogant, but it's never been a hard thing, right? I mean, there's just certain personalities that are out here that, you know, they, they will find a way. I mean, it's just, and I kind of put myself in that camp. Um, but the ones that you bring into your team and you see them benefit from the, it, it's much more rewarding helping people today get to a certain level um, professionally, um, you know, be able to send their kids to college potentially, all of these things are more rewarding to me now than I would say going out and signing on a new client. Uh, you know, uh, in fact, it's funny is I'm not a very good salesman anymore. I used to be the only guy, right? I used to be the one out plugging missing. I tell client, I'd be like the worst guy you could talk to now about our products. And, and I recognize that because I'm not, I'm maybe not as hungry as I used to be. Um, but I certainly have a team that that is, and that's great. Um, but, uh, you know, that's been an interesting uh, epiphany I've had to ha- deal with as, you know, somebody that can feel like, uh, you know, I start, you know, I feel very confident in our products and everything else, but uh, I'm just not nearly as hungry as I used to be. <laughs> and uh, but at the same time, I, I find more rewarding, you know, helping helping people around me now elevate them themselves. Mm. That that to me is been something that. I wouldn't expect it. And now that we're, now that I'm to, at a point, um, I, I enjoy that part probably more so than anything else. Yeah. We're probably similar. I mean, it, I think in my career, I always uh, towards the end, I think started to think actually I, I have more reward or seeing somebody else take flights, unlock their potential. And now when I have clients and I see them, you know, break down, limiting beliefs or they excel on something and or their business starts to grow or they just go into new ventures and i've been sort of part of helping them that that to me is hugely rewarding um rather than just the success of me actually i think that's and it's for me it's that almost that duplication of and, and sort of your capacity and, and expressing it in a different way um i've really enjoyed talking about risk management um i like it uh, that it's 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 an important thing to have in a business uh, I think we need to be risky um, uh, in the sense and go for it. But there's a sense of balance and mitigation and obviously give some thought. But and I think having that environment where you allow mistakes and failures to happen, uh, not obviously to be able to breed that, but you've got to have an environment that can be okay. It's okay to fail, okay to fall down. Um, I've enjoyed talking to you, to you today, Van. And if people want to connect with you and get in touch with you, what, what's the best way to do that? Well, that's... Uh... Sorry, that was my dog barking. Um, 831B.com is our website, and that's really the best way to get a hold of us. Um, 831B.com. Um, and there's educational videos on kind of what we do more in depth there. Um, but I think it's a it's a great way to obviously reach out to me directly. You can go to our team and find me there. But 831B.com is our web domain, and uh, that's the best place they can get, get to me. Brilliant. Well, thank you for your time today, Van. Much appreciated. Yeah, thank you, Julian. Appreciate the conversation. If you like this episode, then please do rate, review and share with your friends and colleagues. 
As a consultancy, we help SMEs build resilient, high-performing teams and businesses quickly so they can innovate, deliver, and thrive. If you'd like to build a resilient team and business that creates, innovates, and delivers, then do get in touch at julianrobertsconsulting.com.